Welcome to Humans of Fintech, the podcast where I share the inspiring stories of diverse leaders bringing equity to financial systems through fintech. I'm Nicole Casperson. Laurel, thank you so much for joining me on Humans of Fintech. We've my listeners wouldn't know this, but we've known each other well before Fintech is Femme and Humans of Fintech ever existed. So it's a little bit of a full circle moment to be able to to come together and, you know, as we're both working on somewhat, you know, new and exciting things, if you will. So thanks for joining. I'm thrilled to be here, Nicole. Really excited for the discussion today. So thank you for the invitation. Yes. Well, to start, you know, most important question, how how are you doing today? Where are you calling from? What is going on in in your life right now? So I am doing fantastic. I'm doing I'm doing great. I am calling you from a hotel room. I've I am back to road warrior days. Feels like pre-COVID. I'm using my ironing board. It's my favorite use <laughs> in a hotel room is to use the ironing board as my desk. And uh, I'm I'm I am I am I'm doing really well. I'm a little breathless in that. There is so much market demand for our offering because of major policy changes that uh, that it's it's a challenge to keep up with. But that is that's a luxury problem and a problem. Yeah, we've been working to create for many, many, you know, for, for many years. So it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just we're talking about, you know, all of the the things going on with student loan forgiveness and and student debt, which we're going to get into a bunch later. Um, But thank you. Thank you for sharing. So before we get into all of the things, um, I always love to learn first about how a human enters, you know, the fintech space. It's not a it's not a typical journey for for most of us. So could you tell us a little bit about how you found your, you know, your calling in the fintech space? Yes, Calling is an interesting, uh, interesting <laughs> calling. <laughs> yes, and I think I had you know, I shared with you that it was uh, not a term I had ever used before, but founding candidly was an inconvenient calling. Is what how I mm-hmm. refer to the 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 moment of deciding that this is this is my path and purpose is solving the problem of actually solving the problem of financial freedom and how those of us who decide that education is our way up and out and is our way to uh, a stronger economic future for ourselves and for our families, that um, it is critical in our path to becoming free financially we acknowledge that 70% of families are going to finance their education. And that does bring a 17 to 20 year pay down horizon. And that does have implication for savings and retirement savings. So rather than ignoring that um, or being ashamed about it, let's recognize it as part of the path that is normal and include solutions around the first liability that most individuals are going to take out, which is which is student debt. So it's a problem I've personally lived. I've had a tremendous amount of of student debt. And you know, I grew up in a household where I knew I was going to college. There was never a question. But what I didn't know is, you know, between my mom and I, together we'd miss out on on two decades of compound interest on wealth while paying down debt. 
And as I've gotten older and really appreciated the implications of missing out on the first 10 years of compound interest on wealth and my mom missing out on the last 10 years as we were both paying down student debt, that that's a problem that, that, um, that we can solve through elegant and easy digital experiences and through policy levers that um, introduce the opportunity to make simultaneous progress, which I'm excited to talk about today. But it, it was yeah. a problem that I lived and I just frankly didn't understand how there that the solutions didn't already exist in the market that did it didn't make sense to me yeah especially something that is so impactful to so many even just in america right like i i don't know the number at the top of my head maybe you do of of the percentages of americans that go to college right um and and what it kind of does especially just let's like say someone does have a traditional path where they go at, you know, 18, you know, 19 years old to college. And then you're just like immediately thrown into a world where you're not set up for success financially because there's no other choice but to finance this incredibly expensive, you know, uh, piece of paper diploma, if you will, which is like the joke around it. But um, yeah, so I just I can definitely see the conviction that you would have in wanting to fix that problem because it's so it's an experience that so many of us face. I'm fa I face it. <laughs> Like it's, it feels, it's not universal, but it's, it's a huge problem that, that needs addressing. It, it is a huge problem that needs addressing. And when we look at the data, and so there are 47 million Americans who have student debt today, the total student debt, you know, just shy of 1.8 trillion, which is the second largest liability in our country. And that number is growing by about $100 billion annually. So it is, it's, it is the, the new normal, um, and it's the new normal yeah. in the workplace in that 70% graduating with student debt, our workforce is already millennial dominant, but will be 75% plus millennials in 2025. And so within the workplace, uh, student debt is a majority issue, and it's becoming, mm -hmm. you know, as we think about 2025, 75% plus having student debt in the workplace but I, I also have to share, I, I really dislike the term student debt. I, it's very Man. distracting. Um, it is mom debt. It's dad debt. It's spousal debt. It's grandparent yeah. debt. It's everybody's debt. Yeah. Oh, my God. Actually, I love that you you bring that up because it's what a, what a way to make it re to to realize like it's kind of the like the saying you know it takes a village to raise a kid when there's like a lot of these stereotypes that it should just be the mom or should just be whatever you know that we that we deal with in our society um but the reality is it's something this big and and complex and this much of a financial burden is on an entire it can be on an entire family um i mean i haven't even heard anyone decide to phrase it that way, right? And decide to say, hey, you know what, student debt, like that's so weird to put it on one individual. Like what a unique way to actually just talk about it in a different way and see how much how much more it impacts, right? Even people that are just there to support, you know, said student that is <laughs> accruing this this financial burden. Indeed. Yes. And it's we see it in the data, you know, in the in terms of and it's a bit of myth busting because when we think about who holds student debt, and employers were primarily offered as a workplace benefit. Employers tend to think of those who have student debt as just coming out of college um, yeah. and or low income. And actually what we see in the data through now hundreds of implementations across 
multiple industry verticals of employers, the highest outstanding balance tends to be those over the age of 50 who are high earners who have parent plus loans or their co-signers on their, their kids' student loans. And so we really do see that it's age and wage agnostic. And largely within the workplace, we see the average balance around 75,000. So the national average of 35,000, that includes a a heavy percentage of population that's debt with no degree. When we think about also those in the workplace who do have a degree, they tend to be around 75, $85,000 of student debt and that 17 to 20 year, 17 to 20 year pay down. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Um, Ah, I, it, it does. Okay, so this sounds like such an incredibly. I know I just screamed. Um, it's just that when you look at it like that, it just sounds um, like such this huge, huge piece of like a furniture that we have to tackle. Um, so tell us about candidly a little bit. Tell us how it started, and let's just go from there. Amazing. Yes. So candidly, we are the market's only AI-driven student debt and savings optimization platform. We exist to crush student debt and to empower hardworking Americans to go beyond debt um, into to wellness mm-hmm. and ultimately wealth. It is not a tagline. It is what we actually do. We see the student debt crisis and the savings crisis goes hand in hand. And so as you think about the experience between my mom and I, those with student debt move through their financial goals in a sequential manner. They first Uh, pay down student debt. And actually, my alma mater at MIT um, conducted a survey. The MIT Age Lab conducted a study, rather, that in partnership with TIAA, that that actually quite depressing, um, indicated that it doesn't actually matter if you have $2,000 left in student debt or $75,000 in student debt until the final amount of debt is paid down. About 80% of those with student debt do not save. In, in retirement savings or other savings until the entirety of their student debt is paid down. So moving through our financial goals in a sequential way is actually financially devastating because we're, we're missing out on the magic of compound interest on wealth as early as possible in our career trajectories and our financial journeys. And the data show those who are, those who have student debt at the age of 30 have half of the retirement savings of those without student debt, which was certainly the case for me. Um, and so when I founded Candidly, because I was living this problem and frankly had a lot of embarrassment around it uh, and, and, and yeah. in shame, I, you know, I, I went to Texas State, then I went to MIT, but I didn't feel like it, student debt was something that my colleagues or peers uh, talked about. And there is a weird feeling. Uh, and very common feeling of shame around student debt. I wanted to normalize that and destigmatize debt and digitize it and apply best in class out of court category user experience to the problem of student debt. And that to me was obvious from my experience in um, technology and digital really my entire career. I was leading a global business unit for Google and really couldn't understand how we hadn't already figured this out. And then the second part, which was really, you know, like fax machines, phone calls and fax machines. Wow. That is is okay. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. I'm like, no wonder we have a terrible, terrible outcomes. 
Yeah. Now yeah. student debt. Oh my god. Can we even find a fax machine? Like people graduating today, I don't think have even ever seen one. They know what those things are anymore. Exactly. Oh my gosh, like rotary yeah. phone. Um, and the the second aspect, which was really the big, the big bet, not obvious, and was kind of laughed at actually um, when I first found it candidly was the vision that employers would offer benefits to address student debt, just like any other benefit offered in the workplace, like 401k, like tuition assistance or tuition reimbursement. And I believed that there would be regulatory change and policy levers that would be pulled to incentivize employers to offer benefits that address student debt within the workplace, because I knew I wasn't the only one and I knew what the data was and the future trends, the majority of the workplace having student debt and actually, Treasury really does want to get paid back on the student debt or mm-hmm. lending. It's a Treasury that yes. owns that. So it was so exciting about really and working at Google. I knew I did not want to be in an in an inflationary CAC business. I wanted to develop well, a business model that had massive scale that would build a big business that would have massive impact. So really, the vision of how do we reach 125 million Americans as efficiently as possible. And the vision from the beginning was one of embedded finance, which is, okay, well, who serves the workplace today? The largest asset managers, wealth managers, retirement providers, retirement plan advisors, financial wellness platforms, tuition assistance programs like Guild, rather than developing a massive sales force ourselves, or going to market direct to consumer, we really need to architect our technology in a platform so that we can be embedded within the experience, the digital experience of the largest financial services companies in the world. And today we have achieved that. Um, we are distributed by UBS, by Vanguard, by Empower, Lincoln Financial Group, PNC, Guild, Education. Well, yeah. So it's, uh, and this month we should be passing the, uh, we're on track to deliver a billion dollars in projected student debt savings to the users themselves. Wow. Wow. Hell yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> like kudos to you. I'm just like, I want to like clap and give you your flowers. Um, but I can't help but I was so stuck on the part where you're like, this idea was laughed at. Tell us what, what, like what you was laughed at to like, to which part? What was like, where was the disbelief and how did you maybe just like overcome that a bit? Is You know, as you ask that question, I'm observing my own uh, emotion as you're, as you're asking me that question because yeah. it, it was laughed at from a number of dimensions, not, not, not yeah. just one. It was um, multiple yeah. reactions. I was surprised by... We're going to be like the your your you really invite vulnerability and, and candor. So I'm going to I'm going to be um, it is going to be a little do it. Yeah, I was surprised by the snobbery. I'm going to describe snobbery of oh, you know, you're going to this good work. This is disassociative effects. You're going to attract those in the workplace that are C players. I mean, I'll never forget. I was in I was in a particular pitch, and someone in the audience said. You're going to attract employers who offer this benefit are going to attract C players. And I was just so deeply insulted personally. What's like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, 
What does that mean? C players. Oh, I'm sorry. People that weren't already rich and that are capable of going to college and paying. Yeah, no, that's what they mean. And that that connects to a whole lot of other things. Because who are the people that typically can't afford to go to college and need to get student loans? That's right. Let's see. <laughs> Women, people of color, people from marginalized communities, like people with disabilities, like you name it. You know, it's so that's I'm I'm happy to say it. I say it yes. all the time. That's like <laughs> but that's what's going. That's the snobbery, you know, that's happening. And I love that word. I'm never I'm I'm using that word now, snobbery. Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. But continue on. It is and and you nailed it, right? That is that's 100%, you know, two thirds of student debt held by women and people of color. And, um, and it was really, a really eye opening comment and deeply offensive for all of the all of the reasons that you shared. So that was um, a, a moment that really took me aback. But there were there were like flavors of that. And I think, I think that the the other kind of laughed at was, um, I think when it was it was a new category that I was developing and at the time it was a pretty it was a pretty radical idea but it was kind of a oh aren't you sweet oh oh you know almost as though it was um philanthropic or not that there is I mean philanthropy is a critical um coordinating mm-hmm. device that no these yeah. markets and mountain, mountains we are a uh, unapologetically, we are a um, mission-driven uh, organization that is for-profit, and we are enabling employers to attract and retain top talent. We reduce employee turnover by 76%. I mean, the data is extremely clear in terms of ROI, but um, but it was, it was a bit dismissed, or I was dismissed. The idea mm-hmm. was dismissed, and I think the way that I was able to move through that was um, one, a total incomplete commitment to the vision of the company and the future and knowing that this is a future and problem that had to be solved and a deep conviction that's part of why I'm here. Um, and and also, I actually found the nose. I think we're all wired differently. Uh, for me the nose and the rejection really emboldened me to, you know, I have my thank you board of the individuals. I'm going to write a thank you card to as we, you know, ultimately exit to thank that person for, I mean, I'll never forget the person who said that to me uh, in that meeting. And I've got my thank you card written out out to him. I love that. Wait, that's such a good idea. Fueling, you know, just, just using that fuel to, Prove them wrong. Hell yeah. I mean, and I love that you shared that. And thank you for getting vulnerable with me. You know, a lot of my audience are other female founders, CEOs, entrepreneurs like yourself. And I know, you know, I've and I've heard, I've documented the stories. They're on this show. You know, I've heard you're, you know, you're not the first, right, to have these kinds of experiences. And um, meanwhile, here you are, you know, creating something and solving a problem and creating a solution that has so much impact and and does so much for so many people and proving, right, proving that um, you can you can use technology, specifically financial technology here, right, for good while creating profit. Like that's what humans of fintech and fintech is fem is all about. I'm here to like highlight the people that understand that 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 is a thing and that is possible. In fact, they go hand in hand. Indeed. You know, yes. like 
Yes. Yeah. I mean, look at you. Like, look at what you've accomplished. Look what what you've done. And and um and yeah. So for all the all the other female entrepreneurs and founders and CEOs out there listening to you know building incredible things and listening to this, just like always, be ready to write your thank you letter to the person who laughed at you. <laughs> I love that. That is like that is what I'm getting out of this. I'm like, okay, I gotta like start thinking of the thank you letters that I'm gonna write because <laughs> I've also been like, you're cute, wow, oh wow, oh my gosh, oh you want to promote women? How adorable! It's like, what are you talking about? Like this is I'm I've created like a full fledged business here that that has like right significant ROI. And so, anyway, so um, I want to talk a little bit more though about what's happening in the student loan forgiveness space right now. You know, I know that you're focused on like using what you do to also yeah, to, to be able to move along with what's going on policy wise, you know, and um, I know that right now. So basically, I'm no expert in this, but federal student loan payments, they they were paused because of the pandemic, just kind of giving that the update. Right there. They've been it's like been it's been like going back and forth in terms of when they're going to continue again. Um, they are set to continue later this year, uh, and interest will start accruing again after being fixed at zero percent since basically March of 2020. Right, so I just wanted to get for anyone that doesn't know like what's going on. That's kind of a very TLDR version. Um, was that perfect? What would you add? Oh, it's perfect. Did I do good? Yes. Okay. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um, so then can you like just give us your perspective on like the challenges and uh, and like as you're as you're doing candidly, like in building this out and, and helping people like what's it like kind of navigating what's going on in like the media and the policies and the politics and while you're also trying to you know grow and scale and help people? Sure. Yes. Well, we have been operating in an incredibly dynamic uh, d- d- yeah. dynamic market certainly and moving through uh moving th- moving through covid and then concurrently during covid having a, a three-year moratorium on student loan payments uh is a is a really interesting and and you know was not a known it was not a known three-year moratorium on student loan payments it was a rolling 90-day update on the status of um, this the the student loan moratorium, and so really what that means is when you think about those that three year period of time, there were ninety day increments in which the um, the forty seven million Americans who have student debt were told forty three million of them have federal student debt that payments were going to resume in, in ninety days, and then mm. uh, um, actually no ninety more days. Uh, uh, 90 days. Yeah. Oh, no, this is this is the last time. 90 more days from now. So that happened eight times, nine times, right? So it's not mm-hmm. actually a three-year period of a moratorium. It or it was eight periods of being delayed eight times. Um and so it's, you know, the dynamic, the dynamic the 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 market conditions when we're in the business of also providing guidance and informing borrowers and helping them to prepare for college, pay for college, become debt-free as they finance their education and save for the future, providing guidance during a period of you know, historic confusion around what's going on. We have uh, we recently transcribed 500 hours of coaching calls. We provide coaching uh, to, to users, so 
human human touch in, in addition to the high tech experience, digital experience. And the last data, the last set of, of data that we pulled prior to the announcement that the moratorium would end. So when when borrowers were thinking, you know, they were anticipating the moratorium would continue, the four common sentiments as users came to us about their student debt employees, about their student debt was dread, fear, confusion, and frustration. And this is when they actually thought the moratorium was going to continue. So there's this real this this real state of panic. Um, also from a data perspective, because we have access to kind of a 360 view into finances from um, income to uh, the funding account, spending account of a user as we're gamifying the wallet and offering contributions from employers and other capabilities, what we've seen in the data when the moratorium was first imposed, there was, there was an increase in savings and a decrease in revolving consumer debt. So borrowers taking advantage of this opportunity to have save and pay down debt. We have seen a complete reversal of that. So we now see elimination of savings and a Mm. dramatic increase in consumer debt and an increase in rent by about 7% because of this inflationary period. So that's, it's been, it's, that's kind of from a data perspective, what's happening with, with users from an employer perspective, what we've seen the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021 um, was the first major policy lever to pull, which was just exhilarating in enabling employers to tap their tuition assistance or tuition reimbursement budget, which goes mm. 95% unutilized annual. Wow. And 71% of employers offer tuition reimbursement. So they have money set aside. goes unused, the Consolidated Appropriations Act actually enables employers to leverage that same exact budget, the same exact amount of $5,250 that can be provided tax-free to pay down the student debt of their employees. So now you can Mm -hmm. upskill from that budget and you can pay down the debt employees are bringing on day one. That policy lever, we increased our employer contributions flowing through our platform by 3,600% last year. Jesus. Sorry. Despite, wow. Despite, <laughs> I was actually just on a call this morning recruiting uh, recruiting a really incredible uh, payments engineer uh, because we, we went through, we, we've gone through this real hockey stick moment in employer adoption. So despite the moratorium, employers saying, we have got to attract and retain talent. Healthcare is a big, uh, big mover in student loan repayment because there's a 76% reduction in churn when offering student loan repayment. I mean, the ROI is extremely compelling. Um, but I'll also share one more one on the on the dynamics because yeah. this is what I'm almost even more. I mean, you love all your babies equally between the Consolidated Appropriations <laughs> Act and the Secure Act. But, you know, the Secure the Secure Act, Secure 2.0 passed December 29th of last year. This is the most transformative, and one particular provision is the most transformative change in employee benefits since the introduction of the 401k, which enables employers to offer a retirement savings contribution in connection with student loan payments 
as if that student loan payment were an elective deferral or a contribution into the plan. So if we go back to the data of a 17 to 20 year pay down, those with student debt have half the savings of those who don't have student debt at the age of 30. This one provision for employees who work for an employer that's offering a match, let's imagine that they work for the employer for 50% of the time they're paying down their student debt. 10 years, since it takes two decades, 10 years. They receive a match for 10 years just based on their student loan payments. They never make a contribution to retirement savings outside of that employer match. That individual will have $450,000 of retirement savings at the time of retirement just based on the match on their student loan payments, which is four times what boomers have saved today. And that's wow. and that's what we're enabling is uh, is really digitizing, unlocking that capability. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, it's, I just, blah, I'm, thank you for sharing all that. And I think it's just so cool the way, the approach that you went with, right? You know, to, um, I think that there's a lot of, in, in the fintech space, you know, there can be a lot of like, Oh, put the onus on the consumer, or the borrower. When really, it's the, this B two B approach is so smart. You know, it, it it's just it and it's it can be it's just so much more impactful. You know, you're going right to the source, you're going right to the place, um, and you're meeting the borrower consumer where they're at, as opposed to just being like, here's another thing to figure out, right? Like it's instead you're embedding the solution right where they already are, which is their work and their job and their employer, and then you know. To, you know, typically people are always thinking about retirement, but actually being able to, you know, have have more pieces of the puzzle of your, you know, of, of, of an individual's complex financial life um, be integrated into the place that they, you know, make their living. It just makes it's a very it's very duh. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, th- I, think, I think so. Right. And it was it is, it is it, in, you know, the it's B to B to C and it's yeah, it is. Um, it is really exciting to see. We started the year January of this year was just explosive out of the gate because the distribution partners and partners that we work with, when Secure 2.0 passed, this okay. So first off, so when Secure 2.0 passed on December 29th, uh, my husband's also an entrepreneur, which is like. Um, <laughs> But he was on a call on Zoom and uh, it was this moment where there was an old commercial. It was a jack-in-the-box commercial. I don't know if you remember this. And Maybe. <laughs> so there's this old jack-in-the-box commercial where you see this guy run out of his house and like screaming and celebrating and he jumps into his pool with his full clothes on. And he looks like a crazy person. And Jack in the Box had just approved his spork, right? His spork was like he invented the spork and it was going to be distributed through Jack in the Box. So I have this moment where I'm running outside of the house. Like, you know, it. I look like a crazy person um, (laughs) celebrating because, you know, this is, I think about for my mom and where she is for retirement having another $450,000 at the time of retirement. Um, Myself, 47 million other Americans. And I mean, it's the difference for most households of having $0 
or sure. it, it's it's really it's it's thrilling and it does just make sense right because this is where we experience and what's so exciting is that i share we was explosive out of the gate in january because we have this beautiful incentive alignment of the largest financial services companies in the world that are in the business of um, mm-hmm. being a custodian for assets under management this provision mm-hmm. brings 47 million net new participants into retirement savings, net new max and maximizers, maximizing your retirement savings. So it's actually a win for everyone. It's a win for uh, the individual. It's a win for the employer who wants their employees to take advantage of the benefit. Mm-hmm. And those who generally don't are low or middle income it's women, it's people of color, or even high earners that are not maximizing because they are sending their their kids to college. And the industry is motivated to operationalize this provision because it's net new participants, it's net new growth, it's net new revenue growth. So it's a, I think it's a very rare mm-hmm. moment where everyone benefits, uh, and certainly from a societal perspective, uh, you know, the, the broader macro as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, just giving how, given how, you know, polarizing it is right now for, um, it, especially just even like from them, from media to people, you know, really experiencing it. I mean, to, um, to, to actually, you know, bring a solution to the table and, and be, you know, I mean, it's, it's like what we get into to FinTech for, right? It's like, you want to be a part of, moving our world into the more equitable place that it really can be. And we have the technology to do that. So like, why not? Um, but yeah, and, and just kind of, and, and, and tackling this, this is very timely. Like, I'm glad that we, you know, finally got a chance to, to do a podcast together because, you know, I, I, I've, I've known about what you've done for some time, but it just felt like, I mean, Right. This this year, I mean, it, it's not surprising that you're like, it's been explosive growth, like because of everything that's been going on. So, I mean, kudos to you and congratulations on everything that you have done and accomplished. Um, I I want to maybe ask two more questions for you. Um, like I said, I have a lot of uh, women like yourself uh, that are in my audience. So how do you, you through all of the the ups and downs, the successes, right? The the crazy landscape that is uh, student loans and and student debt and uh, loan forgiveness. How do you just remain? How do you remain positive? How do you like continue to to push forward? You know, how do you keep going on the road shows like you are on now? Um, what is the what is that that sauce for you? So I think there are three things I would say. Okay. Um, Stamina in maintaining stamina. stamina, stamina and spirit, uh, stamina and spirit. So one is really like deeply connecting to the why, staying connected to that why. So this month, mm-hmm. we're crossing the billion dollar impact threshold, generating a billion dollars of projected student debt savings for our users, which is you know really thrilling. And I'm it's even more thrilling when we think about being here next year and saying, oh, you know, we have X billion in debt of projected savings and three times that in savings that we've generated in connection. So really staying connected to the why and the mission of the organization, because you got to like keep heart and soul as you move, as you move through it. Like that's ultimately what, what I believe pulls you through Um, Two, surrounding yourself with amazing people 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's that can be really challenging in the beginning when you're doing something that can be perceived as radical, but really trying to be very thoughtful about the company that you keep. And three, good old-fashioned discipline. Yeah. I And I think for each of us, that can mean something different from – you know, doing the small things every day that most people do not do uh, in in the legs feed the wolf, you know, in activity and follow up in, but also from a health perspective um, and mental health perspective as a founder, mm-hmm. it is, it is a marathon. It's like a hit training marathon where it's like, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> it's like, because it's really not like a marathon is like, all right, you're going to run for 26 miles and you're going to like keep your same pace. Yeah, no. This is yeah. this, this <laughs> like Alex Toussaint <laughs> in hit interval training for a decade, right? Like that's what we're saying. Yeah, oh my so, God. I think it's important to know what works for you. So what works for me, I have to, I got to move my body in the morning, every morning, no matter what time zone on. I don't drink. Uh, it just doesn't work for me. It, it's just mm-hmm. doing what you need to do because it's not a balanced season in life. There, there's no balance. I mean, to be clear, like that just right. yes, it's it's going into a season <laughs> to say this is going to be totally unbalanced season of my life. You got to plan for it to be a decade yeah. and um, think through what's going to help you and hurt you, you know, in that journey, and then be very mm-hmm. disciplined about it. Right. Oh, I love that. It's it's giving, you know, this Barbie is on the right track, right? Like she's on her track and it's and I agree, right? Um as someone who's like been building this this media company, I also am, you know, you have to decide what like where are the where is the level of discipline? Where is there room for fun and play? Where like and it's, you know, who are the people that are going to make me my best self basically. It's basically what you're saying, right? Like you really do have to um, create an environment around you that make you have to take care of yourself. That makes you the best that you can be, so that you can go out there and you can have the stamina. You can like, you know, you can be um, confident enough, right, to rem- be like, you know, what? I remember that person. I'm going to write them a thank you note for motivating me <laughs> because they made me feel even more passionate about what I did. Right? It's like it's seeing those those little things and. And being able to create an own pathway for success for you and, and what that looks like. And I think that's so important today because there's there's so much like standard playbooks for what success looks like when really you have to develop your own. You know, there is no there is no influencer out there whose plan you can follow and it and it work out for you, too. Right. You have to create your own. So I love that. And I love that you shared that. I also have to work out in the morning. First thing. It's like my thing as well. I try to do the night thing. It's too much, too much. (laughs) I know. Well, Laurel, my final question for you. If we need to be the change that we wish to see, what change do you wish to see in fintech and how do you embody it? So I think the the comment that you made that purpose and profit go hand in hand uh, is a really important, to me, that is what enlightened capitalism looks like um, is recognizing these are not opposing forces. They are aligned. And so I believe that. And I'm I'd like to believe that that is that's what I'm what I'm living and 
uh, devoting devoting my life to. Um, and I make that choice every day. That's the choice I'm making every day. I love that. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. I love that. Really well said. Thank you. Well, a beautiful note to end on. Laurel, thank you so much for joining me on Humans of Fintech. Um, this has been such a treat. And thank you for being open, honest, vulnerable, sharing your some of your secret sauce. Uh, I know that the listeners are going to enjoy it. So thank you. It's a blast, Nicole. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. To hear our next story from another diverse leader, be sure to tune in next week. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our show and give it a five-star rating as it helps our message reach more people who want to find belonging too. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs>